Pricing for profits, clients bidding, and everything you know about pricing your photography to never leave money on the table is now available and streaming at ProEDU.com, where we invented streaming. That's a long title. Is that the Ooh, title? Oh, yeah. I know. I just made it up. It's wow. called ad-libbing, Rob. Oh. Yeah, I was going to say, that's like more words than we can even type. Welcome to the ProEDU podcast, where Rob and Gary talk and drink with your favorite photographers. So grab yourself a cold sarsaparilla and saddle up. In this interview, we're sitting now with Richard Terborg. <laughs> Is that close? Just make it Terborg, but it's cool. Make it Terborg. In this interview, we're sitting now with Richard Terborg. Hey, I love He's Richard from Terborg. Amsterdam. Hell. He's my favorite NASCAR driver. <laughs> Howdy, y'all. <laughs> you might know him as number 26. He's um, in the STP car. <laughs> <laughs> so, sorry, Richard. Yeah. It's okay. It's okay. Are you yeah. sure you don't want a beer? No, nah, yeah. man. I'm cool. All right. I'm natural high, man. You know where I'm from. Yeah. Richard, you're, you're based in Amsterdam. Yeah. yeah. Did you grow up in Amsterdam? No, I grew up in Curacao. In Curacao? Yeah. And how did you make your way to Amsterdam? Curacao is a, it, it's a Dutch Netherlands Antilly, so it's been conquered by the Dutch many, many years ago. So we have a Dutch passport. Oh, cool. And if you pretty much want to study anything besides tourism, you got to get, get off the island. Because the island pretty much only has tourism schools. Sure. Till some point. Yeah, there you right. go. And the easiest way, because we have a Dutch passport, is to go to Holland, Amsterdam. So what was it like growing up on the island? What would you do? Sucks like hell. That's why really? I left as soon as possible. Are you an awesome surfer, though? <laughs> I can surf, yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's okay living on the island, but it's very close-minded, very strict. It's mainly Catholic, black, and they feel like they've been enslaved by the white, so it's very pro-black, and I'm not, I'm like a really people person. I don't right. care if you're black or white, and because they're really like that, I need to get off really, really fast. So I was born there, raised there, and when I was 17, I kind of like moved to Amsterdam. Were your parents strict with you? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. They were very, very strict. Yeah. So right. when you got here at 17, what was your pathway into mm. shooting and becoming a photographer? Do you well, know? That, that was pretty much it, right? Cause, because I moved to here. I was all alone. My parents still live on the island. They kind of gave me a camera to show them that I was still alive, where I was living. <laughs> what what did my schools look like? Because, right. you know, they're sending their kid off to another country yeah. 10,000 miles away, like a nine-hour flight away. So they, had, they gave me the camera to, like, kind of show them what I was doing, what I was busy doing. And that's how the camera became predominantly more important into my life. I already had one on the island because last year I was there, I was kind of mainly shooting my friends, shooting school. You know, I'm leaving, so I'm kind of documenting all my friends. And coming to Europe, it was kind of sh- sending pictures back home. And how long ago was that when you got here? I moved in 2001. That's so long. I've been living here for 17 years now. And did you start off like, you know, after you went to school? Yeah, I studied IT. That's so I'm, uh, I pretty much did IT for three years. After IT, I. That was more the technical side. Then I wanted to do something more creative. So I went to web design and graphic design. So I did that. And after graphic design, web design, went back to Curacao for six months to kind of figure out life. Hung out there with my girlfriend. Then we came back, did the job thing, became a web designer, graphic designer, and programmer. Did that for five years and then pretty much quit my job and went full-time photography. And this was 10 years ago. How much photography were you doing at the time before you could make that switch, were you? It, it was pretty much constant. Ever yeah. since I moved here, I started taking pictures already. Um, 
how, how it usually goes, like my mom said, like, you know, send a selfie. Let's see how, what you look like. I would make a selfie, send it to mom. The next week, the selfie would get more interesting. The next week after, <laughs> it would get more interesting. And keep in mind, this was in a time we still had Nokia playing Snake. There was no selfie camera on the right. cam. So it was like, you know, putting a point and shoot down, a two megapixel point and shoot down, taking a picture. The next week, I had like cocaine on the table. I had my friends <laughs> in bikinis behind me. I'm like, everything's still cool, mom. <laughs> you so can't do shit anyway. So hi. <laughs> is that the genesis of your entire self-portrait series was kind yeah. of it, this this was it kind was of like a, a message to your parents a weekly update to my parents that everything was still fine and doing great and it became more extreme and extreme and extreme i, I love your self-portrait series i mean they're, they're awesome how, so how long have you been doing this this, this is 17 years it's a 17 years kind of thing yeah there you go but i mean you have hard disk crashes and we're talking i lost everything that i took in the beginning i have almost nothing left really yeah because of yeah again we were talking in 2001 right. we had like the biggest hard disk was like three gigabytes yeah i was gonna gigabytes. ask what's the earliest image on this site but it, those are all gone yeah, yeah pretty much all gone so oh. which one of the, of the images has shocked your parents the most has freaked them out <laughs> let's say the cocaine one <laughs> no i'm gonna say no because <laughs> he really morphs and changes himself i mean the, some of these images are the, the, the thing is my parents aren't easily shockable i mean i'm crazy i came from my parents i'm 50 percent both they're as crazy as me all right Right. They were strict, but they're pretty crazy. They so get it. They, they, yeah, they get it. They absolutely get it. So what do they do on the island? Uh, both of my parents were teachers. Oh, That's cool. probably why I do workshops and teach as well. So it's, it's, it's a thing that kind of, yeah, they are teachers. Right now, they're both retired and doing nothing. I mean, my parents are divorced. They're still friends. But, you know, they're retired and hanging out and doing nothing. And Yeah. So in the early days when you were first starting to get into this, how did you start making a living? How did you market yourself and <coughs> get out? Uh... It was hard. I mean, the, 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 the first few times, I, I knew I, was, I, I had a pad set for myself. Like, I wanted to work for five years and then pretty much do whatever the hell I want for a year. So work for five years, save up enough money, do whatever I want for a year, then go work again for five years, save up enough money. And that will be, like, kind of my, the rhythm of my life till at some point I figured out um, <coughs> working for a boss, I was very, very fast and very, very efficient. So I noticed my boss would like give me more jobs. I would work harder. I would be the only guy that doing 80 hours. I would pretty much make every money the company was making was me with three computers going, okay, got this, got this, got this, got this, got this. So at some point it clicked. Like if I'm doing this for you and you're making hundreds and thousands of euros, I can pretty much not do it for you, do it for me yeah. <laughs> and make the exact same amount of money. I mean, I'm the one pretty much running your company over here. So that having a boss that gave me the room to run his company he, he kind of like you know made made me his right hand he said you know what do whatever the hell you want here's a credit card buy whatever the hell you want get whatever the hell you need i know you got this just make the company what it is and to, in doing that i kind of realized i can do this for myself as well and having that five year set i mean i knew i was going to quit after five years and seeing that i could grow 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 in the business be his right hand make the money then when i quit i finally know you know what i've been doing this for you five years now i'm going to try doing it for me for five years and again that was 10 years ago so i never actually been back so that year that you took off yeah walk me through that what you <laughs> what was that what's that year like uh, uh, this is a it was very interesting. <laughs> it was very interesting. The first thing we did was uh, drove Route 66 from Chicago to L.A. Oh, oh, nice. Then we did Pacific Coast Highway 1 going up. Then yeah. I did uh, Canada Highway 1 going to the right. And then we went back down Yosemite and back to Chicago. So I did the pretty much 10,000 miles complete circle of USA road trip wow. in about six months. Um, came back here and started like growing the business. That, that was pretty much it. I had like a six-month break. And from that on, I went on straight and figuring out how do you make money in photography. 
And again, having friends in the business like Renee Robin, Benjamin von Wong, these are all people I was very close with. I had contact with them. I was constantly in contact with them. So we were constantly sharing ideas on how does one make money and, and how much do you charge or how does it all work. So having a close group of friends you trust that kind of figure out <laughs> on their own. You trust Renee Ro Robin, you <laughs> foolish man. You. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, there you go. There you go. It's a little destination. No, she's great. She's awesome. And, and it's not only her. It's like the more people you have around you helping you. And again, we all stopped. I mean, not all of us, but most of us started doing this during the economy crisis, right? So everything crashed, everything was going down, there was no money, and in that we had to figure out new ways to make money for ourselves, right? And so learning new things and getting new things done and trying it out and figuring it out for yourself, and that's kind of how it rolled into making money, yeah. So what was, what was your first kind of paying gig? You remember? I think it was like a girl who had a bachelor party with eight other girls who were all screaming and they wanted to like give her like a photo shoot experience, model experience inside of Amsterdam. I think that was my first paid gig for like <laughs> 25 euros, 12 screaming women going, oh my God, she's amazing. And me trying to concentrate with my speed light and get like a good shot while they're all drunk and rolling around. How'd that go? Yeah, it was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but they were happy because probably they were drunk and I was right. happy and that was the first time actually money was exchanged for photography. So yeah. how did you turn that into you know, a reoccurring thing to support yourself? Uh, hard to say because the, the, I the way I make, uh, how you, yeah I don't know how to explain that. First, look, first thing I had to do was was figure out how much money I needed, right? So first thing I needed to figure out was how much how much money do I need. And how much time do I want to spend making the money? So first thing I did was count all my bills, count all the food things I do, all the fun things I want to do. And I came out to, let's say, uh, 1,500 euros. So let's say I need 1,500 euros a month. Second thing I wanted to calculate is like how, many money do I, how much time do I want to spend making that money? Again, I'm from Curaçao, which means I'm black, I'm lazy, I'm a Caribbean <laughs> guy. <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> so I said, like, you know what? I, I, I want to spend like one day making this money, making 1,500 euros. Right. So I figured out I was, I, my, my cost would be 1,500 euros a day, and then it was a matter of finding people who had that amount of money. I started off, of course, asking 100 euros, getting the 100 euro clients, the ones complaining, wanting all the raw files, and after I was like, no, I need more money. So went into 1,500, all the 100 euro clients drop off, because they're all like, yeah, we ain't got that, so you kind of get scared. Then you keep emailing people, calling people, I cold called a lot, but I usually work on circumstances. So in Holland, you have like a tax that comes every year. It's called the uh, city council tax. I don't know. It's like 800 euros. It sucks. But it's a flat for it, everyone, or is it no, based no, on how it, much it, you it's, make? It's based off. No, it's based off of how big your house is, where you live, uh, in which part of the city you live. It's yeah. so many blah 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 that you can't retrace yeah. why it's so expensive. That's why they do it. And it's with that, the, the, the bill came and I was like, okay, so how am I going to pay this bill? I only make the amount of money I need for myself. There's no overhead in this. So I made them my client, right? I took the bill, went to the city council. I said, you know what? I have a brilliant idea. Do you guys have like some sort of city marketing or something? The woman said like, yeah, sure. We got like a city marketing right out there. So I went to the city marketing. I told them like, okay, you guys need anything? How do you guys promote Amsterdam? It's like, yeah, we're now in the, there was like a political uh, voting thing happening. So they said, like, you know what? It, it, I said, you know what? It would be fun if I photograph people on the streets, kind of like humans of New York. I would photograph them, ask them their political color. So who are you going to vote? Who are you? What, what's your preferences? What do you want to change in the city? And we'll make, like, a pretty website with all the faces of Amsterdam with their story underneath it, say, stating 
where you want to, you know, what, what you want to want for the city. And they said, like, you know, that's a great idea. How much would it cost? I'm like, 899.67. <laughs> <laughs> and I shoved them the same bill right back. So that's that's kind of uh, funny. Yeah, actually. there you go. That, that's kind of yeah. the way how my whole career and life has been. Circumstances. So as soon as I need, I don't have money, but when I need money, I know how to generate money. And it's, I can't tell you it's weddings, I can't tell you it's portraits, it's whatever the hell I think of, I think I can huh. find a hole in and we breach it and we so go for it. So you're kind of reactionary. Yeah, in, in terms of what you're picking and, and choosing to yeah. shoot and how you, that's interesting. Because I'm, I, I had a job, right, as a programmer, a well-paid job as a programmer, right. and I could always go back to the job as a programmer if I wanted to. I mean, I, I never went back, right. but it was always a, an option, it's still an option 10 years later to go back to that job. and and make it so I was never under the impression I need to you know I can say no to things I don't like mm -hmm. I never had the idea I need to do something just for the money so I always kind of went by choice kind of went by circumstances money wise this yeah. is apart from me and my own art and fine art and getting that done yeah right so, so what do you would go ahead Rob let's go, how do projects like Dandyman come about <clears throat> And the, these obviously are, you've got some very long range projects. This, yeah. this isn't just a flash in the pan. No, no, no. Um, so I'm really curious what, on your process about like Dandy Men <laughs> and your, in your self portrait series. How do you, how did they come about and how do you maintain keeping up with them? Um, with the, I have a series of Dandy Men that, that pretty much comes about, look, because I was born in Curacao, I was raised with, um, like I said, predominantly black people and people that wear good clothing that look really nice. Like in, in Curacao, it's very, uh, normal to have the nice shoes, have the nice clothes, but have the really crappy house. Because nobody mm. would see the house, right? They see you. You're outside, you're at the beach, you're going to school. So you are pretty much the showcase of who you are. And that's where drug money kind of you know comes from. The, the people have like a really crappy house, but they have the prettiest car, Audi, TT, standing in front of the house. Huh. So that's how it goes in Curacao, right? There's like an image. And this is how Danny Man kind of developed. In, in Holland, the men don't really wear pretty clothes they have like they, yeah they wear normal clothes like they wear everywhere and i was kind of looking for that flair i had on the island and then kind of went looking for men who dressed that way did a, did a facebook post and slowly everybody started commenting and saying like yeah i know this guy who wears clothes and i started following them and taking pictures with them then barbers got attached barbers were like "Ooh, we like their hairstyle right. we would like to try something on their hairstyle while you shoot them for the clothing so slowly and steadily, that project kind of grew, 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 and grew. And is that a moneymaker for you? Uh, right now, no, not at this yeah. moment. But again, if my bills are paid, so I find the client at the beginning of the month or at the beginning of the year, if I, I need one client to pay my whole month, mm -hmm. which means I need 12 clients a year, which means if in January, from January, I shoot 12 clients, my year is done. Made. Yeah. And then I can do whatever the hell I want. So my life is built off of making my yearly money, year, ma my, making my yearly income as fast as possible, with as less um, less of effort as possible, and then the rest of the time do whatever the fuck I want. Sorry, uh, do whatever the, the hell no, I you want. Can, you can say that. <laughs> there you go. Cost, cost. Yeah, yeah, it's actually encouraged. Costing is encouraged. Yeah, sweet, yeah. sweet, yeah. <laughs> sweet. So yeah, so I wanted to do pretty much whatever the fuck I want, or else I would have <laughs> gotten the job and done that. Sounds like an awesome life. Yeah. So what what are you doing in the other time? Let's get into that. You <laughs> 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 do live in Amsterdam. We know this. We do have cameras. Yeah, going. yeah, I know. I know. No, 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 no. no. The rest of the time, uh, I'm pretty much working on my own projects, like Dandy Man, right. finding people, um, selfies. I, I work with a lot of projects. I teach a lot. Um, I help school. I work with children. Um, I do a lot of different things to I don't know help people out. I mean, in, in, in essence, who I am and what I do is helping people out. 
And if there's a convention or anything and, and one client says like, sure, we'll pay for your flight and your hotel. And then there are like six other clients that are like, we don't have the money to pay for you. It's like, no worries, it's been paid. I'll come and do your show for free. It's no problem. Hmm. So that's how kind of how my ideology works. I don't always need to get paid. As long as the month has been made or the cost has been covered, I'll... So have you, have you gone through really slow periods where it's, you know, you're really starting to worry and, you know, not pay your bills? Um, yeah, yeah. I've definitely gone through periods where it's very slow, and and and, and I can't. I, the the first years you need to figure out how your in the first years you figure out how your economy, how your world kind of how you how you say that how it kind of evolves, drives. Fluctuates. I mean, it, yeah, fluctuates, right? In, in Holland, it's like between February and November, there's a lot of business. Between November and February, there's none. So you got to make sure to make enough money. But the first year, you don't know that, right? So you just go, like, I make my monthly salary, got it, monthly salary, got it. November, nothing, damn it. December, nothing, damn it. And then you got to, okay, so when will it pick up again? So I need to find that flow. So, yeah, in the beginning, I had troubles. There were a few months where there were no money coming in. That's why you had a girlfriend, so you weren't homeless. <laughs> there you go. But my girlfriend <laughs> was doing the same thing I was. So. <laughs> <laughs> we, we both do the same ideology. She's a painter and a, and a drawer. Right. So a lot of my backgrounds as well were painted by my girlfriend. So we both quit our jobs the same time. We both did the road trip. We both, the whole, my, this whole thing I'm saying, it's me and my girlfriend. We've been together for 17 years. So yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's, it's pretty much the same thing. So we both had to hustle. We both had to go for it. But there's always a, I'm, I'm a problem solver, right? I'm a troubleshooter. I'm a problem solver. So whatever happens, I never had to lend money. I never went into red. There was always, if I can't do it for 1,200 euros, I'll do 10 for 100 euros. If I'm burned out in bed, I can't get out of my house for a month. I, this has happened. I've done teachings through Skype. 10 people, 100 euros. Again, I'm back at 1,000 euros. I can pay my bills. So there's always a solution to hmm. finding hustler. out and figuring out. Yeah, Richard, the hustler. He is a hustler. Yeah. His, his business it. profile is totally different than so many I know. Yeah. <laughs> really? Yeah, it is. Really? It is. <laughs> Harder? <laughs> no, I think, it, well, I think it's more relaxed. I think a lot of people, uh, clearly they're worried about their overhead, but they're also yeah. concerned about making as much money as they can, yeah. period. Um, and I, you have a far more relaxed approach. You know what you need to make, and that's what you go after. And then the rest of it is leisure. It's all yeah. what you want to do. Yeah. Um, a, a friend of mine once, a friend of mine once told me that money is like a river that needs to flow through your life. Whenever you need it, you need to be able to grab it and do whatever the hell you want with it. And other than that, you can't hold it. You can't save it because it's digitals. It's ones and zeros. Before you know, banks will crash. All your money will be gone. Everything you invested will be gone. I mean, we had an economy crisis, right? People has lost a yeah. lot of money for nothing that just in one day it was disappearing so why would you still want to hold on to that money right it's, it needs to be like a river you, when you go to the river you need money you go to the river you take a bucket when you need more than a bucket you go with an elephant the river will always keep flowing so you go with an elephant yeah, man yeah, yeah. <laughs> We well, gotta get an elephant. Have yeah. you, have you yeah. gotten an elephant? I haven't gotten an, an elephant. elephant. That's not <laughs> easy to come by. Maybe I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so, are you able to license your images, or are you just charging per the shoot? How does your pricing work? And depending on the shoot, of course. I mean, if it's commercial shoot, I license them. If it's a more family friends type of shoot, I don't. I just give them the images and give them. It really depends on the client. I can sense on the client if they have the budget to do the licensing or not. Yeah. And if you have the budget for the licensing, I'm going to license you. If you don't, that's fine as well. Again, if my year's paid, it's paid, right? Yeah, yeah. So when you're approached, um, you know, how do you get to you know, the budget? Do you ask? Is that something up front where you're like, hey, what's your budget? Do you avoid that and just give them your pricing? 
Um, again, depending on the client. So, I mean, I, uh, I recently have a shoot for, I, I, I'm coming Friday. I have a really, really big commercial shoot. And if you sit in like a head office and everybody's like smoking cigars and there's like a lot of Audis, Audis standing outside, I'm like, yeah, you're going to get the license, right? If I'm sitting in some shady student house talking to this guy who's going to do a startup, I know you ain't going to have the money for the license. So it's kind of like sensing how the person is in front of you, how much money he has. I usually ask what their budgets are. I mean, the first thing I'm going to say, you don't have the amount of money to pay me, which means I'm way too expensive for you. And then I'm going to ask you how deep are your pockets. And from there on, we move on. So his pricing is based on Audis or shady places. <laughs> <laughs> I come into really shady places. <laughs> What's the shadiest place you've been in? Oh, you should not go to Curacao. <laughs> That's is it really dangerous. Shady place. Well, it's not dangerous, but there are places you can't really just walk yeah. in daylight or drive because they'll stop you and take you and your car. Take so, you and your car. Yeah. That's is good. it pretty corrupt? Are the police corrupt in Crusoe? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It's, it, it, it's always the police that are part of the problem, yeah. especially in the, the poorest places. The government, the, the, the police, everybody's in the same boat. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's it's it beneficial for them. When when it's beneficial for them, it works out. If it's not, you gotta you know yeah. know how to work the system. Yeah. I speak the local language, so it's a little easier for me. As soon as I switch into the local language, what is the local language? Papimento. Papimento. It's a mix of oh, Spanish that's and that's English. Fun. Spanish what? and English. Yeah, that's I speak a that. Weird mix. I speak that. You may put up last time you spoke Spanish, también. Yeah. yeah. There you go. See. We we we. We had someone earlier in the podcast. Uh, so what's your website? She's like we 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 dot or Sheridan dot com. Is that we we we? I know who you had. Way way way. That's yeah. Dutch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go, Sheridan. Yeah, that's yeah. my neighbor from Belgium. Right. Yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, we've done shit together. So what's um, the best part of living in Amsterdam? It's like the it used to be like the the well, fries no, with mayo. It still is like America's changed in that you know a lot of a lot of places, a lot of states now. It's legal to have weed. And yeah, growing got, up, it was always like, oh man, we got to go to Amsterdam. It's weed is legal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I mean, <laughs> what is it like? How has it changed over the years? I hear it's getting a little more strict. Drugs are being. Are I don't. Regular. I mean, I I don't really mess around or or, or, or you know. The, the best thing about Amsterdam is being able to jump on your bike, throw your gear into a bike, and bike to your client, do the shoot, and win 10,000 euros, right? Get paid 10,000 euros. In America, I've been to America, right? Everything needs to be done by car. Curacao, same thing. It's a small island, but you yeah. can't walk everything. You need everything mm -hmm. by car. So it's the easy, easy, easiness, easiness yeah. of jumping on a bike, going to a client, doing a shoot, getting paid, going back. Uh, with a smile on my face, I go through the streets and, yeah, do my thing. And, and the Dutch are very... Hmm, the British are polite. The Dutch are very direct. They mm -hmm. would say. The British are polite. Yeah, the British are pretty polite. If you come really? to the Dutch, they'll tell you your your customer You service. stink. Your hair's ugly. Do something about your shoes. Something's wrong well, with your shirt. Well, I do stink. Uh, well, that's and my hair is ugly. <laughs> and you need better shoes. <laughs> I, I don't need better shoes. <laughs> but that's the Dutch, right? My they, shoe game's <laughs> on point, Rob Grimm. You let, let's check that. Yeah, it's on point. It's yeah. on point. The shoes are on point. Yeah, Actually, on those point. are good. At some point. Yeah, I like them. Yeah, thank you, Rob Grimm. I've never seen you wear those shoes. I don't always wear... I, I have a deep closet of shoes. I don't bring them all out all the time. <laughs> he, like, switches them off every now and then. He goes, like, a new pair. Rob wears, like, old New Balances that he cuts his grass in. <laughs> oh, shit. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, yeah. Yeah. They're I know daddy what shoes. It's <laughs> a daddy magic shoes. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's awesome. They're quite comfy. Yeah. So is it true that there are more bikes than people in Amsterdam? Yeah. So is it, can you, I've heard stories, and I've actually done this uh, with a local there. You just, like, 
pick up a bike, take it, and then drop it off? Or is that stealing? Nah, it's That's pretty much stealing, stealing, but they do it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all the bikes, basically, like most of them, for the most part, look the same. They're kind of like the same. Is that true, too? I, 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 can, I can see how a foreigner would, would think that. But oh, yeah, no, okay. there, there's a difference. There's right, difference. So don't just take a bike that's not locked up and <laughs> yeah, drop it off. You can, you can. There's no can. problem. I mean, the, the, the fun thing about Holland as well, I mean, in Holland, you can pretty much discuss anything. Like in America, I got pulled over by a cop, and I was with my girlfriend. My girlfriend's like white, so I was like, "Oh no, you know, she she came willingly." I didn't like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) I I didn't like, you know, throw in the car. Yeah, so it was like, you know, that that feeling in America, in Holland, if a cop would say, "Hey," I was like, "What the fuck are you saying, hey? What what's up?" You you can kind of discuss it. You can you can go into them, and that's Holland. You know, it's it's very. It's not tolerable, but very tolerable as well. You can discuss with cops. You can tell me, I don't want to find. I don't want to find. You tell me, why are you, why are you writing me this ticket right now? Yeah. Please explain to me why this is happening. And then they'll actually they'll take the time. You know, no, sir. I mean, because of this, this, and this, that's why we're writing the ticket. Like, oh, no, I don't want that ticket. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. You know? So it's. Do they carry guns? They do, but yeah. they don't use them. If they use them, they probably get arrested for some reason or not. If, yeah. if, if, if a cop ever used a gun, it's going to be a big television thing about it. And yeah. Yeah. So did you, did you get hassled much in the States? No, zero. Uh, the South. There was something in the South that There's I didn't... There's a lot in the South. I didn't yeah. notice, but my girlfriend did notice. They didn't really like to talk about the South. Yeah, there you go. It's Every time I asked a question, part. they would like answer my girlfriend and not me. But I didn't notice that. She noticed oh, that. Seriously. She said, like, did you notice that every time you ask a question, they don't talk directly to you? They talk to me? It's like, I know. So then I made a point, like, getting in their face. Going, like, you know where the bathroom is? And then they would, like, turn to my girlfriend and ask, like, oh, really? Oh, it's over there? Okay, really? yeah, yeah, yeah. What is racism like in the Netherlands? I haven't the, the only the only the, it's, it's not really racism like I come from an island Curacao and, and in Holland they really see it as that's where the low lives come and they come to Holland to get the money and then they go back something like that that's how Holland old Holland the older generation of Holland sees the new generation is fine I mean everybody around 40 lower perfectly fine nothing's wrong everything above that is a little bit different um, I had in the beginning, this is like 15, 16, 17 years ago, if I would like apply for a job and I would have in my uh, description, I was born in Curacao, they would not invite me. If I would send the same CV but remove that line, they would call me and invite me to come along. Sure. So till that sense, that's the racism. Other than that, nothing's wrong. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. compared to the United States, you still think racism in the United States is probably way, way worse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. We're, go- we're going backwards. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Since Trump's election, we've walked uh, back yeah. 55 years. He's yeah, like, yeah, there you go. There you go. And then in Holland, it's way more tolerable. And then they're nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's all good. Yeah. It's the beautiful part about Europe. It's one of the many beautiful parts about Europe. Yeah. yeah. You don't experience inclusive. it. Yeah, there you go. All the, yeah, they're very open. And they will tell you how they think about you. And you can, again, you can discuss it. And it's all fine. Yeah. Yeah. So the photography show. What are you What are you working on here? Who, who are you working with? And how did you approach companies to, you know, to get this work and to to represent them and teach and that sort of thing? Uh, well, I, I I'm, right now at the photography show, I'm doing demos for Ellen Chrome. I'm speaking for Smug Mug, and I'm doing a demo for Specular uh, LED lights. The Ellen Chrome one is the one. LED lights. I like yeah. that. LEDs. I'm, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> I mean, no, yeah, no, no. LED light. <laughs> it's a Dutch word. LED, LED is Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> LED lights and uh, yeah, there you go. Um, Ellen Chrome was the is the easiest one for me because I'm an Ellen Chrome ambassador in Holland. 
-hmm. So I, I became an ambassador many, many years ago by writing blogs for them and, and the writing blogs. And then after writing so many blogs, they invited me off. It's like, Yo, you're the rigid guy who keeps writing blogs about all the products we have. I'm like, yeah, sure. Would you like to be an ambassador? Would you like some new products to test out? And I like, guess, yeah, sure. So that's how I became an ambassador of Alenchrome. And Alenchrome, it's a Switzerland product, I guess. Mm -hmm. Yeah, Switzerland's product. So you need to know this if you're an ambassador. Yeah, 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 yeah I know. But I keep <laughs> switching Switzerland and Sweden. So it's, oh, a, yeah. it's a thing in my brain. Not yeah. <laughs> there you go. Um, dyslexic with countries there you go <laughs> that's a new thing <laughs> that's a thing Your country lexic <laughs> country lexis <laughs> lexic <laughs> yeah so having them as like a mother company from from dutch i kind of like merged myself i came to the to the convention here three years ago for the first time talked to the guys in ellen chrome it's like i like i like what you guys are doing i'm a dutch ambassador if you guys would like to have me on next year the year after so last year i came on my own uh, accord i paid my own ticket paid my own hotel came here talked to them and then alistair said uh, from smugmug said hey you're here do you want to like do a talk for us i'm like yeah sure well i'm here anyway so i already paid my ticket my hotel's paid did a talk for alistair did one talk for alan chrome um alan chrome loved it said like next year we'll be paying your hotel paying your stay paying your food just come we'll pay you it's fine so that's kind of doing it the first time for free Proving yourself that it's worth it, proving yourself that you can do a good job, proving yourself that it's fun, you can attract people, and after you've proven that, they'll call you again and let you return. I mean, the first thing uh, the, 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 the boss of Alan Chrome here said, like, we saw your show and we think your stage is way too small. Next year, we're going to give you a bigger stage, we're going to give you more slots, because right. it was so awesome what you did, we're going to give it another try. So, giving a chance, excelling at it, and then hopefully get asked again next time yeah. paid like the first time you paid yourself the second time you get paid and so on and so on and so on what do you like about ellen chrome products uh, on the spot <laughs> <laughs> that, was a, that was a long <laughs> uh, is this how you're teaching good you better think of something uh, <laughs> They, pl like the they plug into the wall. <laughs> <laughs> they flash. <laughs> no, there's so many good things I like about it. And I need to figure out, like, I was thinking which one of them is the... Yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, I, I drop them a lot and they still work. They're, they're, they're Richard Proof, I say. I mean, I let them in the rain. I've dragged them on my bike behind me and they still work. So it's, it's me proof. You drag them on your bike behind I mean, you? If they fall and you keep biking and they oh. roll behind you, yeah, then you drag them along. You're like, hey, I think I'm hearing something. And you see your flashlight going <laughs> go, 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 behind you. You're like, yeah. <laughs> then you're dragging it around the floor. I mean, you know. So it's very durable. It's very strong. And that's what right. I love about it. And besides the million other cool features it has. Yeah. So what's the newest cool. thing from Ellen Crumb? Do they get into hotlight? too or is it just uh, they have hot lights yeah. i don't know anything about them because i only use the strobes so yeah. for hot lights you probably need to figure out somebody else but the the strobes they have a new lb 500 battery pack uh, strobe thingy with one head that does high sync and hyper sync and it switches on automatically with ttl and all the jibber jabber about the thing so it's it's they have a really new good flash that is very good in the red spectrum as well Actually, I just came up with your new speech for Ellen Crumb. When somebody says, what do you like about the product? Ah, the jibber-jabber. <laughs> the jibber-jabber. <laughs> you know, all so the jibber-jabber. Oh, yeah, yeah. jibber there you go, there you go. The I mean, that's jibber-jabberist. I think this Ellen is a, also the reason why they asked me on stage, because I don't talk anything about the technicals. I don't know anything about yeah. the specs. All yeah. I know is how it works, what it does, what it does good, and that I can drop it many times and it will still work. Yeah. And you No, know, you're high energy, too, which... Yeah. At, 
there's nothing worse than you know seeing someone with like kind of no passion talking very technically about a light and yeah. like, exactly so yeah you're entertaining you and, think he's high you know, energy oh maybe a little bit <laughs> <laughs> He thinks I'm having a <laughs> So you shoot quite a few different things. What what do you like to shoot the most? Do you gravitate towards one subject, or are you so open as just about the camera? Uh, the style is predominantly dark, so it, I like the more darker side of things, and I like really big, pretty costumes in darker things. So I like very cinematic type. I'm, I'm a way 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 back when when i was still in the college i wanted to be like a movie producer like i wanted to make movies and and, mm-hmm. and cinematography and things like that and at some point i figured you know in photography i can just instead of making a movie and trying to tell a story throughout 10 minutes or half an hour with a beginning a middle and a punchline and an end mm-hmm. i could just take the punchline make a picture out of it put all my energy into making one big grand awesome image and everything I've been doing from now is trying to figure out how to get that one amazing grand mm-hmm. image where everything explodes and come into, comes together. And everything you see I have now is pretty much practice going to there. So you're happy with where you are right now, where you work? Uh, not happy. I, I'm, not, I'm not where I want to be yet. I still want to make like really, really big productions. I still want to do really big productions like Gregory Krutz and uh, Annie Leibovitch. That's kind of the style I'm going to. But not necessarily fashion or... Let's just call it fine art. Just make my own. Just do whatever the hell I want. Mm-hmm. Again. I haven't <laughs> seen much out of Gregory Crutzen lately. Am no. I missing something? It's been a while. Yeah. yeah. yeah what's, no. what's the next thing? that is he working on anything? Okay. No way. Does he, he doesn't even have a website. He's working on a he new never had a website. waffle batter. I read no, that not. recently. Yeah, yeah, no. <laughs> <laughs> well, even, where do you get waffle batter from? Gregory Crutzen? Uh, no, <laughs> I would love. He's one of my top. So really, yeah, I, same I, here. Yeah, yeah. I would love. He's uh, amazing. Something else from him, whether it's a book or another. I don't uh, know. He, he, he probably f- seen the Netflix documentary. On yeah, him. Yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, he funds like his next image with the last yeah. image he shot, right? So maybe he's still in the I process. Think he, still, he still teaches at Yale, right? Oh, really? I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, yeah he's, I think the the head photography teacher at Yale. Oh, really? Can you imagine having him as a professor? I want to go to school just, just to so get him, <laughs> right? It would be amazing yeah. to be able to listen to him and kind of pick his yeah. brain. And, and he's represented and sells prints and fine art by a few studios or uh, galleries, but I don't think he has a website. No, he never he doesn't had need it. No. Yeah. I mean, uh, the people that don't have Facebook don't have a website. really don't need it. Yeah, the OGs. There you go. OGs. That's <laughs> what we need to work with, Gregory Crutzen. Let's I'd make love it happen. To. Let's give him a call. Let's make it happen. Let's call him. Call us. <laughs> Let's do it. I'm down for it. All right, so what do you... What specifically with your productions, like what would you do if you had a, a, a bigger budget to shoot? Like, how do you see your work evolving that way? Um, there's been a few designers I would really love the designs with to, to work with and pay them the right amount of money to get the designs working with. Same with makeup artists and models. I mean, there are a lot what of kind people. Of designs? What do you What do you mean by when you say designs? Designers, designers. with really big dresses. Oh, with, okay, so you know, fashion. The, yeah, fashion designer. But yeah, okay. it, again, it's not about the fashion. I need the dress to tell my story. I want like the production of my story to be a little bigger. Uh, same as Gregory Crutzen. I mean, I would like to rent a town to close it up and <laughs> <Yeah>. you know, <laughs> shoot my big production in. So if I had the unlimited amount of money, I would go for bigger productions. Right now, I've done everything for free, or not for free, but for lower budgets, and r- stretch the lower budgets as much as we can to make it look like really, really big productions. But I would like to have like the leeway to just have the amount of money to do a really good big production and not have it come out of my own pocket right. and give it a, a cool place to be displayed. Or Yeah. You do all your own post-production, right? 
own post productions. I do the productions, the models, the designers, the arranging makeup, what I want, how I want it. Pretty much, I'm you the guy. Yeah, 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 one man band. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Same like with my boss, right? I had three computers doing everything, right. and that's when I figured out I might as well be doing that for me. Yeah, smart. So, what's the next six months look like? <coughs> what do you got cooking? <laughs> well, you got cooking. Um, right now, I'm going back to the Netherlands, where's the, where there's another convention where I'm standing for Alan Chrome again and Olympus, my other brand I, I, I'm an ambassador for. Uh, Olympus shoot? What do you shoot? Um, what Olympus do you shoot? Um, the EM2, the EM1 <laughs> Mark II. EM1 Mark II. There you go. <laughs> again, technicals. I have right, no yeah. idea about technicals, yeah, yeah. but I'm sure the EM1 Mark II. What do you love about that camera? Uh, lightweight, slow, I mean, slow, fast, lightweight, fast, <laughs> the firmware update. <laughs> it was slow until I bought a new memory card. At this point, open. you're just yelling out words. Yeah, yeah, yeah right? Because <laughs> you're asking me technical shit. Don't ask me technical Is shit. Is it Richard-proof? Can you drag it behind your bike? Yeah, uh, yeah you can, actually. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Richard-proof. Yeah, yeah. Richard-proof. We just need to get you some bungee cables, and then <laughs> <laughs> we won't have... Tie everything on my bike. Yeah. You don't I do mean, that? You no, know, no, no. You that's, just... that's no fun in that, man. That's like you're dragging behind your bike. It's way more fun. What Plus, about a little trailer behind your bike? Uh, again, no fun. It's like oh. way more fun when I'm like holding a three meter roll under my arm. I have like two rolls. I have like a reflector on my head. All the bags are filled. You're I'm running like, around with a three meter yeah, seamless under your arm. They're on like a pictures bike. of this. They're like pictures. That's Renee, actually, Renee was there. She didn't believe it until she saw me do it, and it was like, yeah. That's actually pretty awesome. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Four He's lights. Running around with a nine foot seamless under his arm on a bike. Yeah. I can see that. It's, it's like, doable. It's like, you just put it on your arm, put it on like your steer. Uh, what's that? Javelin. Javelin? Jousting. 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 Yeah. Jousting. yeah. That's what I feel like when I, 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 <laughs> that's what I, feel like yeah. when I do it. Yeah, definitely. Actually, have you ever <laughs> accidentally knock somebody down with that thing? Yes, I have. <laughs> Especially <laughs> when you go around the corner, right? Then you take like the whole street to go around the corner. Yeah. <laughs> I can actually picture you accidentally like hitting the ground and you like pole vault <laughs> up into the river. <laughs> that will be happening very soon. If, <laughs> if I know you go. Yeah. Pretty awesome. Yeah. Other than that, I want to go back to Curacao. I want to make a book as well. So in the next six months, I'm... I, a book on? Uh, Curacao. So um, living in Holland, I didn't really go back to Curacao because I didn't want to be in the close-mindedness and the people. Right. I mean, I lived there all my whole life and didn't have the feeling to go back. And last September, I went back for the first time in eight years or nine years. And being there, I saw a lot change. I mean, it's becoming a little bit more touristy. Back in the day, it was a little bit more trashy and broken and all which crap everywhere. And now it's becoming a little bit more touristy. And because of the change, I want to document the old Curacao before it changes into something new. Mm -hmm. And I've seen a few books being made there, but they're all being made by people that live in the Netherlands, go there for three months, visit, yeah. shoot the island, make a book, go back, sell the book, right? And I'm from the island. I know all the secret spots, secret beaches. I know all the places that tourists secret don't come. Beaches. Yeah, there's yeah. secret beaches there. I know all the places that tourists don't, go to, don't come to. And it will be kind of a closure for me to make a book off of the island, yeah. made by yeah. somebody who lived Absolutely. on the island, grew up on the island. And that's cool. I hope you do yeah. it. There you go. Yeah, yeah, that's what pretty much is on the planning right now. So yeah. where can people go to find your work and follow you online and uh, get, get your training or <laughs> learn from you? There you go. Um, if you type in my name, uh, Richard Terborg. Terborg. Oh, they can't spell that. Terborg. Richard Terborg. Terborg. <laughs> it's Terborg, T-E-R-B-O-R-G. If you type that in Google, uh, in Instagram, Facebook. I mean, it's a unique name. You'll pretty much find me yeah. very, very quick. Nice. 
Well, your work well, is great. It's been it's been yeah. a pleasure talking with you. Thank you. So pleasure's all mine. Yeah, it's always so a pleasure hanging out with you. Yeah, thank I you. I always know I'm going to have a blast. Uh, there you go. <laughs> pleasure's all mine. Yeah. And we'll see you at Photokina, I'm hoping. Definitely be there. Yeah, awesome. we'll be there. Oh, nice. They're going to be fun times. Yeah, it's yeah. going to be a great Seven time. Seven days craziness. Yeah, you got to help us plan a party there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's going to happen. He's going to help us. I'm already emailing some people to get a venue for you guys. We talked about it the other night. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. We need. We definitely need help with it, and we're going to throw a blowout. It's going to be good. Awesome. Rob's going to blow something out. I usually do. Can't wait to see that. <laughs> <laughs> to download this podcast and all of season seven, you know where to go. I'm not going to tell you again. No. Yeah, by now, they better know. They better know God, by now. after 80, like, some odd podcasts and just saying it, just yeah. go check just, us out. Just and, do and it. You know, you know you need to do this on Wednesday. On Wednesday. Every hump day. Every hump day. Cheers, guys. Real estate photography and retouching with photographer Barry McKenzie is now available on our streaming platform at proedu.com or you can download it you you can stream it and or download it it's up to you what do you like about this tutorial i like it because barry is going to give you the workflow to get in and out of a house in a little over an hour maybe two hours so you can do three to four of these houses per day Mm -hmm. and make bank he teaches you a really quick retouching workflow so you know barry was actually you know as a real estate photographer if he's doing three to four of these a day he's making more than 100 grand a year on real estate photography and then if he can do three of these in a day or four of these in a day, he's got time and money for all the pizza he can ever have. All the wheels. And he calls them wheels. So. And so, how does he eat them, Gary? Yeah, in one bite. He smashes he them. He smashes them. Smashing wheels with Barry McKinsey. Barry Mc, he was also the real estate photographer of the year in multiple years. Did you know that? No. Yeah. So he's like the god of real estate. That's a hot be. secret. That's a hot secret. If you want hot tips from Barry McKinsey, click on real estate. You can now subscribe and get access to all of our tutorials at ProEDU.com. ProEDU is now unlimited. Get access to every single tutorial. Sign up at ProEDU.com today. My ear. Now take cover of that. This podcast is officially over. See you next time. Never stop learning.